Hello, my name is David Castleman. I'm the founder and CEO of Ecoflix, the world's first not-for-profit streaming video service, where 100% of our subscription fees go directly to fund animal welfare NGOs around the world. Welcome to the Ecoflix podcast, where I have the opportunity to talk with some of the most inspiring people in the world. Every one of them share amazing insights into how we can all make a difference in the fight to save animals and our planet. I think they're amazing and fascinating. I hope you do too. In this first episode with Lek, I had the unique privilege to chat with the world-renowned elephant expert, Sangduen Lek Chiler, the founder of Elephant Nature Park in Thailand. Lek is a dear friend and my partner of more than 20 years. What a privilege. Her love for an incredible magic working with abused elephants and many other animal species is hard to fully comprehend. She is a true icon, selfless, fearless, and relentless. She is literally one of a kind. In this first session, we explore her earliest lessons about nature and begin to understand the forces that help shape her journey. Listen and learn from one of the world's truly great people. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. I'd like to welcome everybody to our Ecoflix podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Not many of you have had the opportunity to meet or speak to Lech Chiler, who's a world-renowned elephant advocate and all-time-around amazing person. I am so fortunate to be able to call you my friend, Lech. Welcome to our Ecoflix podcast. David. Hi, everyone. Thank you to have me here. And I'm so happy that uh, to be in your podcast. Yes. Uh, you know, I think people would really love to know how you got to be who you are. I know it sounds funny, but nobody's born into what they do. It, it's something you learn, you develop, you train for, and you have one of the more fascinating lives. And I think it will inspire people to understand how important this was to you and the things you've done. Uh, you're there at Elephant Nature Park now in Chiang Mai, and this is where you love to be. So if we can, I'd like to go back to the beginning and how you became Lek, who's now a world-renowned icon, even though you don't ever act like that. Uh, that's a fact. So let's start with, how did you get the name Lek? My name is Lek. Lek is in Thai means small, because it's when I, I'm born for, from the tribal family, from the a small village in the mountain far away, remote area. And my mother said, uh, when I born, is about... Uh, less than one kilogram and she can put in the handkerchief and then uh, my mother said uh, I have a very, very low light signal and the, uh, the midwife said okay she probably will pass away and then my mother said when they put me on on the basket and she know that uh, this little tiny uh, baby because uh, my full my full name saying is mean moonlight because in my village we didn't have uh, electric, so electricity. So my mother had the full moon. She bought me on the full moon. So, so Saint Dwen, your real name, your real first name means moonlight. Mean moonlight. Yeah, my mother said uh, they 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 see me from the moonlight, and then my mother said she start to lift me because it's in our tribe. But they believe in the earth energy. My mother said she start to lift me up on her hand and walk me into the moon and and lift me up on with her hand and ask that is if really this girl want to have the life so please bring her back so and then she said with a very low light my mother opened my mouth and and dropped her milk on my on my mouth and she said and after that she see my mouth start to move and start to take the blood uh stay, take the milk my mother uh, said my I'm too small and I can't even put, she can't even put the, my uh, nipple on my mouth because I'm, I'm low underweight and so, so small. And then the next day she see that I'm moving and start to cry. And then she said, okay, she survived. And that's why they call me leg, 
Lake Lake is mean very tiny. So Sangduen Lake Chiler, uh, and you're born in the hill tribe in Thailand. What does that mean exactly? What's the hill tribe? The hill tribe is Kamu tribe, mean all the tribe on they stay in the back of the mountain. They're in a remote area. We have we not contact from outside much. We have no road. We have no electric electricity. We have no TV. We have nothing. We only stay there and learn with the nature. And that is have raised me to be me myself today because it's, I born with the animals. I born with the wildlife. And I know about the nature before even I can, you know, go to school. And uh, I'm fortunate that it's my family allow me to have animal at home. And I when I see the little chick, uh, the mother die and little chick uh, get abandoned. So I asked my mother, can I take this chick to stay with me? And then my mother helped me to provide me with the box. So I have find the old clothes and I raised the chick. And I can see one life from a small little tiny life have grow up. I see the life develop. I see something terrible turn to be a happy because of I, we didn't see any entertainment. So the, the wildlife and the animal around us is something for us to learn. My grandfather leave me and then he said to me, listen for this and see how they work and tell me after that in the evening after my grandfather finished the work, how is their community? Can you believe that is my grandfather want me to see the community of the end? I told the story of the, my grandfather that if I see the one end injury and then the whole family cry. And so in the evening, I can describe that to my grandfather. I said one end, one end is seem die or something and the whole community carry the end and go back to the nest. And I can even see some of them start to moan and cry on the crowd, you know, and then and then I talked to my grandfather and then he said, this is a good story. I see the end, have emotional. And like so I, I've seen you and I believe you. I've seen butterflies and, land on you. They know that they're safe with you. So, yes, you are in harmony with nature all the time. But your grandfather is a very important person in your childhood. Tell me more. Is this your mother's father or your father's father? My grandfather is father. Father, my mother is orphan, orphanage. So my grand, my grandfather is a father of my father. He's a shaman, and he tell, tell everybody what that means. The shaman. Shaman is a spiritual man, and also the herb on herb medicine. Because at the tribal village, we have no hospital. It would take like a hundred kilometers to come to the hospital. The people have him as the hope when they sick they come to him he used herbal medicine and he not just only medicine man he's like a court in there they listen to him if he talk to them and he just tell them to compromise husband and wife when a fight and they come to their call is like a uh, the village court and the village police and everything is my grandfather he is a head man as well so, so he's a very respected person in the yeah. village he directed your attitudes and helped you figure out how people and animals relate. Can you share some of those lessons? Every time that I, I have seen that my grandfather wake up at like a five o'clock in the morning, he went to pick up the herb. And I many times I want to go with my grandfather. He said not too early. So he picked up that and then he come and work. And my mother helped him to crowd the medicine. And I don't see any money. I don't see anything that to keep for him. And then I just said, I asked my mother one day, I said, mom, why you and grandpa do this when you don't even take any money? My grandfather said, it's a happy. It's to share and to care for the people. People are poor, but to to bring that come back for life and to help them to heal, this is, this is what we can do. And I can see that everyone go home and they hugged my grandfather. And you know, when my grandfather said he wanted to do a rice field, I see a hundred people, many villages, they come to work the rice field for him, finished in one day, when the people can do for one week. 
And my grandfather said he wanted to do the hut. People would walk everywhere with the wood, with the roof, with everything that come along and help him. They pay back respect for my grandfather. Right. Even he died now, people still have the spirit house for him. Every full moon day now, he died for how many days? How many years? Over, over 50 years. People are still blessing him until today. And, and <clears throat> you learned about animals and plants from him. He taught you the medicine, the medicinal value of plants. One thing, I don't know you have time. I have a beautiful story. My grandfather Please. wake up very early in the morning. And then he picked. And every time when he arrived in the jungle, he always arrived before the poacher. When he see the before poor, poachers? Uh, poacher, yeah, he see the trap. He would damage the trap. He will burn. He will damage. He will do anything he can. And he if he see anyone, and he will go and see, and then he will tell them to stop. Also, he treat them when they're sick. <clears throat> and then one day, my grandfather find out a little gibbon, the baby. She put her hand into the trap, tied the trap foot, and the trap is punched on her hand like this, stuck in there. And my grandfather heard a screaming. He went up there and her, when she tried to pull, is that is quite big. So my grandfather picked up her and then take her home. And when he take her home, it's so beautiful. Gibbons, I fall in love with, with this gibbon. And then my I grandfather. Love this story, out, by the way. I know this story and, and I love it. Uh, he grabbed a, a, a medicine and then I and then I said, Grandpa, can I help? Because the girl afraid of the of the guy. And when the little gibbon see me as a small sight like her, she trusts me. So I go inside my grandfather, make a big enclosure for her. When I go up there, she and we uh, become friends very quick. And then I, I heal. I, I start to put the medicine on her hand. And then first she afraid of me, but I take time to sit down. My grandfather show me, don't smile with her. She will feel that you're threatening. Don't show your fang. You have to go put the side and, and speak to her and try to get, grab her, uh, touch her hair. And then I do anything until she trusts me. And then I start to put the medicine. And every time when she wants to lick, I hold her hand and then she starts to speak to me. And we become friends. And, and then my grandfather said, okay, I call you a little doctor. But with the condition, I allow you to treat this gibbon. But no hug gibbon. No take gibbon into the room. No keep the name. Because I always keep, you know, when I go to jungle, I always keep the name to end. I always keep the name to bird. I always keep the name to uh, Kekko, uh, whoever I have, I keep, I, I keep that name. When I go to the jungle, I call them my family. My grandfather allow me, and I call the bird as my family. So, but this one, my grandfather have um, a different rule for me. Don't keep the name. And why I keep, don't keep the name? He said, no. Don't keep the name, not hug, not connection, and don't bring this, keep on to sleep with you. I stay in the, the low floor. And they keep on next to me. And it's hard for me, but I promise him, yes, I don't know, because I won't have a chance to look after the keep on. So when my grandfather go to sleep and all whole family sleep, I wait until late. So I went sneaky into the cave, hug, hug the keep on. And I said, okay, I will take you to my room. So it's, suddenly we become friends and all. We start to have a game. I put the blanket on her and then we start to... Uh, talk and communicate and I fall in love with her and every day that is I start to put a medicine and we and when when everyone leave the home normally I will follow my grandfather to the jungle but at that time I just said no 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 I'd rather stay home every time I cry with my grandfather but this time I'm not interesting I have some someone more interesting so I stay with this keep on and I take her to the jungle we find a wife and swing you know we become we become a buddy and I have to make sure I come back before my grandfather, my mother come back from the farm. And we do like that. And we are very strong born, but we don't show that. And six months later, I saw my grandfather make the basket and bamboo basket. He embroidered the bamboo basket. And then he said, okay, time for the girl to go home. My heart fell to the, to the crowd, you know. And then the day that is arrived, 
my grandfather went to the room and start to take, went to the enclosure, take the girl in the basket. And then I asked my grandfather, where do you want to take? He said, bring her home. This is not her home. The, the case is not her home. She had to go back to the family. I said, this is her family. And, and we treat her. You know, I think as the children, my grandfather said, no, I take her home. So my grandfather take and I cry. I screaming, I lie down on the floor. I don't want him to take that. He said, would you like to come to take this little girl to go home? I still go because my grandfather don't. I walk and every time I walk, I use opportunity that is I'm, I'm afraid but uh, granddaughter, I cry, I use my tear, I want I want anything, you know, I use I want to use anything that to win my grandfather's heart. No, not listen to me. I I complain, I talk, I said, You are so so hard, stone hard, you doesn't care about me. I won't if you take the keep on to release, I won't eat. I will stop myself, I will protest, I do anything. No, it's not it's not been so finally that is Kibon arrived on the tree. I heard, I heard the group of Kibon start to sing a song. The more I heard about it, my heart very sad. I should be happy, but my heart sad because the girl will take away from me. And I keep that secret. So my grandfather don't release that Kibon right away into the group, but he shows about 100 meters into the tree because he wants the girl to call for her mother. He said to put her in there, it will be the fog, the, the group will go and tear her. So, and, and I screaming more. And I just said that I want the keep on back. And so he released her. She ran into the tree and I call her name. When I call her name, the girl just suddenly hesitated to go to the top. She hear that the name of her. She ran back and jumped into my shoulder. And my grandfather said, don't you name the keep on? I, and then I, I sit with my knee. I said, yes, grandpa. I name her. I hug her. I put her on the bed. And I, I take her to the jungle. And she is my sister. She is, she is my sister. My, we can't be strong born. We can't separate. She is my life. If she go, I die. You know, I, I talk like a student. Please don't take her. Please, please, please. And he, he put her in the basket again. And I thought, Oh, my grandfather will take her back to the to the home. And I just said, thank you. He said, yes, you stay here. You broken the nature rule. This kibon not belonging to us. It's belonging to their family. You stay here. And then he left me. He abandoned me in there. And he take the kibon to other location. I sit there and cry, you know. And then my grandfather let the keep on to be roam free and then he come back to pick me up and take me home. And all the way, I don't speak to him. I angry to him and I very upset. And I think my grandfather is the most selfish. I understand my grandfather is about two decades after that when I start to go to work with the keep on sanctuary. I can see so many of them mad and insane in the case. When they keep on staying with the people, they but, lost nature. But there's instead. more to the story. You need to finish that story. Yeah. So and you're still that, little, and he, the, your sister is now back in the forest, and yeah. you're mad at your grandfather, and finally one day. Yeah, and finally that I met, and then I distanced from him. I never want to go and have dinner with him. And every time when they have the rain, I sit on my window and I cry because I know that my sister will call you soaking wet. I don't know that the nature make them feel very well. And then my grandfather think that, okay. And my mother said, she is really painful about this. You have to do something because I really still want my grandfather to take the keep on back to me. You know, as a children and selfish. I, How old were I, you then? Seven. I is seven to go back to see that five that I get to keep on. Sick, that is, I still don't see it, but seven, my grandfather, I, I, it's two years, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, I hold that, I'm upset with my grandfather, I'm not, it, it's a long time, it's, two yeah, years, it's across, um, because it's, I still think, as a favorite girl, that is my grandfather, go back all the time, I want to ask him, how is, how is the, keep on, 
And I don't want to ask. I ask my mother, Mom, can you ask Grandpa? How is that? My mother said, it's fine, but I don't believe them. I think she will die without me, you know. And then one day my grandfather said, okay, we go and see your sister. So, you know, and don't call her name. And then, you know, he take and then to see that. And then I go and see that she grew up because she have a spot in her mouth, you know, that she have that is, she have a very unique. And then I said to my grandfather, can I call her a little bit, Grandpa? I want to see how she recognized. Please, please, please. I don't do any harm. He said, okay. And he called. She run. She run, but not. she not come to me. She just put the hand and do like this. But she don't want. She just put the hand. And she started to she picked monkey speak to me. And then I'm happy. Because she's so happy in there. She swing on the tree. She started to. And my grandfather said, look, she belonging to her family, not us. These primates, they have their own family. They have their own language. They stay with us in the case. We maybe see them cute when they are up, you know, when, when they are young. But they grow up. If we keep them at home, they can survive. But on that time, I still not. I still, even he showed me, I still upset. I need the girl because the girl is my girl. But 20 years later, when I see so many mad monkeys, many primates are suffer, I think about my grandfather. And I appreciate about his philosophy of the animal in, in the wild. And he, he is my mentor and he is my leader. And he teaches me for a conservation. Yeah, that's why uh, from the way he raised me like that, you know, he's strong mind. He don't, you know, I think if other family when your kid cry, you might just don't want the kid to be cry. But my grandfather, he's strong mind. He said, you cry for no reason. You cry when someone will suffer. No, you have not been. I never been him on this path. And I think that that way is for me. I use that philosophy to work and I see the life. Sometimes when my work is bring me to lost friend, friend who don't understand about me, for the animal life and animal welfare, I focus about them. And if friends want to see something else, sorry, I I find myself a bit during during COVID. I find myself like a Noah. People keep have a small boat carry the animal and throw to the big boat, and I have to drive this big ship to bring the animal to the safe place. But in the same time, you believe it or not, I see myself that it. I be patient with animals so much. It does matter. I have a thousand animals in my, in my place, in my heart. None of them make trouble to me. But one people can make a lot of trouble. Oh, so, yes. And then with the people, I like a bus driver. With the animal, I like a, the man who drives the Noah ship, big ship. So you're Noah, like, to the, you're Noah to the animals, but you're a bus driver to people bus driver to the people if if i have people who come on the bus start to yelling to make a trouble i will stop the next stop please get out i will pick up the good people on my bus after that to join me the journey and so i have like this for two way and i i picture myself like that you know well let's let's talk a little bit about that other side and the people because your grandfather was obviously a very big influence on your love for animals and nature. But tell us about what your family did for a living. My family did for a living. Most part that is they do for the animal circus, like a, the elephant uh, elephant riding. They have a big elephant riding and elephant show uh, in Thailand. And that is, unfortunately, uh, that is, uh, I still have to try now to send them and I hope that I can change them in the future, even they don't want to talk to me. But I still think that one day, well, you know, we'll get, we have to think. We'll, we'll get to the, that part. But when you were very little, you didn't know that what they were doing was something you were in favor of or against. It's what your family did for a living. They trained and broke elephants for riding, trekking, and for the circus. Yeah. And what did your grandfather think of that? Oh, my grandfather died before this business to start. My grandfather is the 
is a big vegan, my mother also, and animal lover. So Kai person, he, he passed away, uh, like he passed away 20 years before this thing happening. But how do you explain that his son, your father, was the one who started that business? My father and my uh, other family, but David, you know, for the before that, this is uh, the like a, I talked to the zoology people, the owner. Uh, for the first generation, they think this is so cool. Whoever started the zoo, that is the most popular at that at that time. But this generation who do the zoo. The family is almost have to find something to cover their face because they don't want people to know yeah. that they do a zoology or circus. So the world have changed. On that time, people don't see different. People think whoever make animal riding, uh, elephant camp, elephant riding, that is, is this the big business. People get their respect by government and become a tourist attraction, bring the tourists to the country. I think that time, no one think about that. Well, and someone someone did. You yeah, did. no, no one you, think ahead. Even when yeah. you were a little girl, what was your reaction to what your father was doing, which was so popular and made him a very good living? What was your reaction to it? Yeah, I, I, you know, when there are meeting, I'm not really for for family meeting. I'm not really can join much because it's the thing that is, I. I'm totally is they they think I'm I'm out I'm out in the ma they they think is they think I'm not I'm abnormal so even my father talked to me one time why don't you become a nun mm. because he don't understand about this he said why you don't eat meat you don't do this you don't want to do this you talk against the temple who uh, lock the the bird you against the monk that who cruelty for animals and why don't you be a nun and why don't you do something spiritual or go to other way but uh, they, they don't understand me they think that is uh, whoever act like that the most a stranger in the community not just only at that time even this time if i uh, work in the parliament i start to speak about this people look at me and they start to whisper they just Thing that is, this is, and they shake the head. Well, they roll the eye to me because they think I'm, I'm crazy. Well, you're certainly not crazy, but we're going to get to how you went from the Hill Tribe to Parliament and beyond later. But for now, I want to stay while you're still a little girl. How many brothers and sisters did you have? I have uh, altogether seven. Uh, two brother, five sister. I'm the number second, and I'm the big sister. And you were the only one that had this view of animals, or did the other kids also? I uh, I'm the only one who did uh, this and uh, made like a crazy for animals since I'm young. Uh, I'm I'm totally different when my one of my brother take the the white white bird and start to lock into the case because he want to listen for the bird song and I release his bird and, <laughs> and I get a lot of trouble. I tell you that. I bet you did. Uh, and I, 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 because I can't see, I can't see the, my family because I count them as my family to separate from the, from their family. So I, and then they, they I quite get abandoned since I'm young. So, what you're really describing is something in your heart, something your probably your grandfather helped you develop, but something that was in your heart to begin with. You could feel from the very beginning that you had this passion, that you respected life, all life. And you could tell that the rest of your family didn't understand that. And you were basically alone in that view. Yeah, David, uh, I, you know, I look at the animal eyes. And I, I see through the feeling. I see clear about that painful. I see that is when I look at the, because in the village, uh, they have no slaughterhouse. 
but when the people will kill the cow or buffalo, all children will witness that. And I stand and witness that, and I have seen that, and that is make me to turn my back not to eat them because I see that they don't, they don't want to die. And, and, and then I think I dream a lot of time. I dream about myself, get sent to slaughterhouse, and then I try to escape. And that one is I feel deep with them and the war between me and animal, I didn't have it. I didn't have the I didn't have that war, but I see many people they have a brick wall to block the connection. So I connect a lot with them and I feel so much fear from them. Right. And I I you know that's why I to to protect them. Uh, it's come from my heart. It's come from my feeling with them. And you know, what you're describing is very, very important because you're right. Most people, particularly in what are called more civilized society, first world countries, they don't want to know how the animals are corralled and transported and slaughtered. They don't want to know anything about it except when they see it in the supermarket looking like a lovely piece of whatever it is they're going to eat but you have somehow managed to recognize that they're much more than a piece of meat. Just like if you were slaughtered, you'd be much more than a piece of meat. And so you carried that with you. A lot of people don't. Why do you think you did? And your brothers and sisters, for example, did not. Your father, who had the same, his father was your grandfather. Why do you think you had that so clearly in you when they did not? Yeah, I think people are different, David, and I can see that is not all people will be the same. You know that people oh, yeah. in family will be have a thinking in different way, and and I just I just like me, I my house have a lot of dog and cat as much as I help, but some of my family they don't even allow the children to have dog and cat at their home because they think it's, it's a lot of bacteria and virus from the animals but for me and i don't think that they and i love them and they stay with me uh they they, they are totally different and i understand uh in their point and i can't force them to be like me but i just say that uh when i when i love animals when i go somewhere else i call my mate uh, i just uh, make sure that this animal have water and food and then my brothers stand with me next to me and he said i didn't hear anything at all that you talk you ask about your niece and your nephew and i said my niece and my nephew can go to supermarket and to buy that but the dog and cat can so i make sure that they go sleep i make sure that they have a warm bed i make sure i i it doesn't matter how far i will call and i will skype or i will zoom i will see my animal make sure that i see them and this is because my life i be I owe them, David. You know, uh, every day I, I want to stay long life. I want to stay healthy. I want to do good thing of the when when my life is too short. I want to do something. But the way that I want to be long life, I eat, I eat food, a good food. I eat healthy food. I don't drink. You know, I do everything because I want to stay with animals. So they are the one who keep me to discipline myself because it, and also they are the one who tell me who bring me to understand about life yeah. to understand about their emotional and their feeling and that's that's why i think they they are my master and i work for them and i serve them and every day i wake up in the morning i am exciting to work for them it doesn't matter how much i'm tired but i exciting to do the next day because this this is I don't see that is I the duty, but I see this is something I love. And when I love to do this, I not hesitate to work. I am exciting to do the job for them every day. I know. And I love and to see them. I don't know anybody who works harder than you morning till late at night. And, you know, you told me something early. We've been partners now for almost 20 years, which is like one of the greatest gifts in my life. And you've taught me so much. And I remember asking you very soon after we met, and we were talking about forming the Cambodia Wildlife Sanctuary, which we've done such a beautiful job with. 
I asked you, aren't you worried that some of the elephants you rescue are old and they're already crippled, they're already close to death? And a lot of people judge sanctuaries by how long their animals live and how long their animals live. They consider that a sort of a, a judgment on how good the sanctuary is. And I said, aren't you worried you're going to rescue these old and infirm elephants that are going to die fairly soon? Aren't you afraid it'll make you look bad in the eyes of the world? Do you remember what you told me? Yeah. You know, 70% of our animals here is OA. And all the rest is sick and bad injury. And when we, the people allow us to rescue, when they can't no longer to use or they might die very soon. And when the people call, sometimes when I went to see that elephant, they hardly lift their leg on into the truck. So we try to do anything that to support them to come to the truck and I talk to them. I told them that if everything will be okay, when you start to come on the truck, your journey to freedom start. So and I said, hold on, hang on, don't die on the truck. Arrive at the, at the home and then you will know that's the paradise waiting for you. And you know, every time that is when you see that two transport elephant, it's more than 200 elephant that is be uh, rescued and you will see me on the truck. Sometimes I sit on the truck 57 hours, and I want I to join them. I know. And to see them in there, to learn about them, what they need, that is we, we provide them. And many people said, oh, I'm sure this elephant will die in the truck. I will try to hold them. And when sometimes when they arrive, look at Yaibua, they arrive on the park, they lie down right away. And I said, let her lie down. She never lie down for 30 years. She let her sleep, put the IV fluid for her and let her sleep as much as she can. And then we start to use the crane to support her to stand. Some elephant, they guess probably will stay with us about a week, a month. But when they come, arrive at the project, they feel the love, they feel the environment, they feel the freedom. They stay for 10 years, some of them. and But some of them, maybe they stay a couple months they pass away, I still think it doesn't matter people criticize us, people will say anything, uh, friend is concerned about, we will lose reputation, but you know when I see the elephant, very sick, get abused, the old grandmother elephant who lost their teeth, they can't chewing their eye, vision loss, they blind, and they have a very short life to be to live. And I can't, I not hesitate. I will go and pick them up and bring them from there. And if they arrive here, they stay with us one week, one month, they pass away. I rather them come to die at the park, die among someone who love them, die among the good environment, freedom, die dignity. I don't want this elephant, since they grow up, they take separate from the mother train them, abuse them, seven, eight decades. And then on the day they die, they die from the shackle on their leg. The last eyesight, they see the hook in front of them. They deserve better than that. They deserve freedom and die dignity. I want them to feel even a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, feel that this planet is not too bad for them and they feel love. And then they can pass uh, away and live, uh, go to the journey with a happy. So when every elephant die, I cry for them. I sit next to them. I sing for them. I whisper them and I talk. I pet them and tell them to live. And every elephant, I said, don't come back to be elephant again. Be some animal that freedom you, they don't have. Because I see that elephant in the world, even why or captivity. Their, their life is threatening in some way, somehow. So that is, that is I feel heavy heart and burden to see the beautiful creature get, you know, get abused by human hand. So doesn't matter reputation because it's not about us, it's about elephant. And that's why our reason that is we rescue 
for any elephant that need help and bring them to our home. Yeah, that that had a great impact on me when you told me because I I couldn't even imagine how I had missed that. It it didn't occur to me until you explained that you weren't rescuing them for you. You were rescuing them for them. You were giving them love and and wanted them to die surrounded by people who love them. That had so much impact on me because I think so often people like me and many others who really don't understand what it means to have compassion for another living thing, you have to learn that. It doesn't come naturally. And you, I'm sure, have taught many, many people. I'm one of them. Uh, but it's a lesson that I wanted to be sure people heard. And I'm so glad we could spend time talking about that. Let's let's shift a little bit now to the period of time where you're growing up and you realize that you cannot support what your family's doing. There was an incident in the jungle that you've told me about that really sort of cemented your mind that you had to start rescuing elephants. Can you tell people about that? Yeah, my, you know, as grow up, as a new tribe people, we sometimes we get treated with the uh, with the Thai social, we treat the, the tribal people like a third card population. We we are we we are like a third card citizen. Sometimes we feel that we don't have priority. We if we want to do something, we have to wait. We have to learn. We have to be patient. And we doesn't have much opportunity. And we fear for the government official a lot because we get a lot of uh, something is not right and fair for us when when we when we young and we have a lot of bad experience with the uh, with the government official people who walk into our our village. So my my mother is really dream that is uh, for the tribal women, uh, especially Kamu. Uh, they believe that women can go outside community. We only can be only mother and work in farm. But my mother is have enough and she support me to go to school. And then when I and my mother said she will fight against with the culture and traditional to send me to go to school and she asked me to promise that is I will bring the proud to her, not just go there and come back, bring the shameful to the village. Because our elder will will completely uh, make her lost lost everything. So with a promise with my sister, my mother, I I tell to my mother, I this is honor for me. My mother fight for that. I promise her when I graduate, I will work for the government official, and this is a promise to make my mother to be proud. And during in my uh, in my uh, pre university. If I was a teenager. I worked for the volunteer and follow with, with the missionary to the jungle. You know, when I'm young and I might connect with elephant, but it's not a really deep feeling on that. I might see this is a big giant animal, beautiful, gentle, but it's nothing to change my life or, or direct me for life. Uh, and this is one, uh, one happening is have led me to be today is uh, when I went to stay in the village in the evening I heard the screaming behind uh, the bush behind the jungle from can hear very loud from the village I asked the headman what's going on there the headman said the elephant pulled the lock pulled the timber and I said can I have a look because when I I heard it from the village they're not allowed us to see I don't see a real elephant work in the jungle locking because as the children, they're not allowed us to be there, to be involved or to be to see that. So the headman said, yes. So he walked me and not far from the elephant. We, I have to walk, stand in front of him because he pulled a giant timber up on the steep hill and I stand in front of him because stand below is might be the lock. Maybe the chain broken, the lock will loan to us. 
So I'd be in the t- on over there. It's about three meters away from that elephant. Every time that is he moved the lock up steep hill, every five inch of move his use of power and he's screaming. Screaming is unbelievable screaming. And screaming and then I hear the screaming, it touched my heart. And and I try to look and observe what's going on from the screaming. And when he's screaming again, I saw the head. Mahmoud started to conduce the knife sharp, use this and another hand, use hook onto the ear. My God, he's screaming. And every time he's screaming, he look at me. His eye don't look anywhere, anyone else. He looked at me. I I couldn't. I is is still with me today. And I walk I walk from there because it's I start to react. Maybe my screaming are louder than him because it's, I think, only thing that to help this boy, I screaming. I sit up there and I screaming. And then they start to take me away from there. When I arrived in the village, they cook in the evening. I couldn't, I couldn't eat because I still that, hear that boy. I, I can't imagine that picture. After I left from that village, the picture shadow me, follow me. His eyes never out of my mind. Before I sleep, I have to put my ear on a pillow and try to get get with, with, with that with that screaming. Wake up in the morning, that eye pop up for the first thing. It's haunting me a lot. And I decided to work and to find the money to buy the medicine because I see a lot of wounded, but taking a couple of months until I reach him again. And when I start to give him the medicine, put him on the medicine, the medicine that I put in the full rucksack, not enough because infection is called internal, bad injury. And during the time that is, I put the medicine, I put the herb on medicine as well because uh, the cream is not enough. Then the Mahout start to tell me, like, more elephant sick in that village, more elephant broken leg in that village, more, and then I hear more, and I walk and seeking for more, the more I walk deep into the jungle, the more I find the suffer. And then, that's it, I can't turn my back. And I can see that, and I focus on that, and I just focus to study, start to learn that, and looking to the other job that can bring the money to go to help them. And I start, when I graduate, I start the mobile clinic and I call that mobile clinic. It's not my car, but I rent the car and I call Jumbo Express. And you know, I call that and I hire the veterinarian uh, to go with me. And But then when I graduate, my mother very exciting. She came along on my graduate with a really old clothes, you know, and because we come from poor family. And then I hug her, she come with one flower and not fresh flower because when everyone have a big bouquet, my mother have one flowers to me and I'm so proud with her. I received the, uh, the degree from the king. My mother was exciting and because she think that is the, this is very honor. And my mother supposed to be witness to see me receive. But when the announcement about my name, my mother fell. <laughs> I'm sorry that my mother is so exciting. You know, after that, my mother is so overwhelmed about I'm credited and success for her. And she dreamed that me to be a government official. But my heart not there. I can't, I can't work with a government official because the limit to be a government official, you have to spit under the rule. You can't speak the truth. You can't, you have, you can't, if you see anything, you cannot talk against the government rule, um, and I have to in, have in a Thailand, Just so people understand, there's a rule that if you speak against government or certainly the royal family, you immediately go to jail. Yeah, and then I, I can, I can do, uh, I can do against, uh, I can do against uh, the government rule. So I decided I have to tell to my mother somehow. You know, but I don't want her to, she's happy with me to graduate. I'm the first woman of the tribal woman that graduate. 
But that, so didn't, later I, that, that didn't hold you in good stead, even though you were the first woman in the tribe to graduate, because you were opposed to trekking, which was the number one tourist attraction in Thailand, you were not very popular, were you? No. Uh, I have, uh, after, you know, after I tell to my mother, I decided to tell her somehow because most of my friends become the government official because after you graduate, the people will start to lock to do the work. But I still go to jungle. And then my mother asked me, are you have, I have a rumor, the people rumor that you have someone uh, love secret in the village. You have someone in the a village. A rumor that you have a love secret in the village. Yeah. And <laughs> you have someone in the village. You fall in love with some new tribe man. I said, I tell you what, mom, I, I fall in love with someone. It's a giant man. And I, with four I legs. <laughs> yeah. And I that's why I work. I, I try to explain to her and she still don't understand that time. And one day I confessed to her mom, I won't be the government official. My heart too independent. And she said, What do you want to do? I want to make the home for elephant. She opened her mouth and she looked at me. <laughs> she just don't understand. It's like that she don't see her daughter. But she sees someone from the Mars. Yeah, right. And well, and she was right because you weren't from this planet. You were sent special. And the government didn't see it your way either. Um, tell us the story about what happened. I wanna I don't want to jump too far ahead. I just want this one little piece where you've already started Elephant Nature Park, because I'm gonna come back to the beginning of that. But you've already started Elephant Nature Park and the government pretty upset with you. I have friends, I have a family talk like, stop it. Don't speak. Be like the other conservationists. When they, when we are in stay in this society, our culture, our country doesn't like anyone to speak. Be like them. See something, pretend you don't see and that your life will be happy and, and, and my job will be smooth and I will get cooperation with whoever with the government or the authority, because it's, if I, I become a good citizen, uh, like a obey to the rule, yes. I have, you know, when I work with elephant and all kind of animals in, in my country, and I see something is not right about them, I have only always two roads. The right road, road is I speak out when I see the animal get abused. The left road, I. I close my eye and close my ear and I start to tell the people, yes, this is my country. It's everything beautiful. We are the Buddhist country. We don't do harm any to any animals. We love our, our country. is so beautiful culture. We respect animals. I can lie like that and my life peaceful. People love me and I do anything. People just said, like, love the country. But animals carry on to suffer because of the, I can't stay I can't lie to, to stay and bring myself to be, you know, to be survived on that. And, and my grandfather said, do not lie uh, and make the other people suffer. And, and then this is other for me is animal is my family. And then in the right way, when I speak and then I turn myself in the, in the difficult time. Yes, I'm, I maybe can change that much, but I turn to be like a, the rock in somebody's shoe. And I do a little bit throw the rock into the shoe every single day and I start to speak on that. And maybe one day someone will grab the shoe and throw the rock and see what's going on in there. And this is it I start to do. And it does matter. I will be suffer. My friend said, you will get a lot of suffer because you fight, you have so many enemies. But I said, I will speak one day. People, if too many rock in the shoe, people will go start to see what inside there, they will take that and see, and then they will start to chain and clean it to help me. And so I, I feel like that way, you know, I will just only small, small sand, small rock in the shoe, and I will speak. And yes, of course, I am ordinary people. I have the fear, I have the upset when people have uh, bullying me, cyber bullying, and they start to make the campaign to against me and they do a lot of things try to discredit me but as i tell you it's not about me 
for me, they will say that, oh, leg is the ex-hawker. I'm not even that, you know, mm. not even close. And I just said, I don't care because it's not about me and it's not true why I care about this. Like this, like this, and like this, and put my picture, Photoshop, and make myself look horrible. And my friend copy for me. I said, nonsense. I don't want to see that. I don't want that uh, negative energy to me. I focus for my work. And then I just said that it's one day people will hear my voice. One day people will feel my rock that I, I throw in the shoe. So I feel sad the same, but I try every time when I look at the animals, they are more fear than me. I, I can't, I, I, I can't, they can't speak, but I can. So I, I, I continue to work for them. And yes. I chose the right way. And, and I will jump ahead just for a moment because I want to break uh, at some point soon and set another appointment for the second part of your podcast because I want to talk about who you've become in the world, the icon that you are, even though you don't see yourself that way. But before we go, I want to talk about the visit you got from the government to come for your elephants at Elephant Nature Park. This is after you formed, and we're going to go back to the beginning of that at some point, but I want to end on this because it's such a powerful moment. You hear about them coming for you and your elephants. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we have the people. I start from 1997. I have the people read, the government read me on the jungle when I was in the jungle and release elephant in there. And then they said, oh, I make a big resort. But when they went up there with the gun in arm, 30 men and they'll come along and they search many square miles and they find my small hut with elephant. No even toilet, no even shower room. And I use, uh, make a bamboo pipe. You know, I stay at jungle and wherever I stay, all with the forest. And then the government, just, uh, the official said, why the people said you make a big resort? I said, and wherever I stay, uh, I protect all the tree. And then they, they show me the letter. They said, look, this is what people complain. And next time, no more. And you stay here, uh, stay safe. And then and then they left me. You know? And then the other time, uh, we have a lot of people read that is us, is hundreds of the government officials walk to our uh, park and want to take our elephant. See, I, I heard it slightly differently, and I don't know if this is a different occasion or I just heard it wrong. My understanding was you had word that was passed to you that they were coming for your elephants. You had a bunch of volunteers behind the gate with cameras waiting. You went out in front of the gate and with their rifles pointed to you, a bunch of soldiers, and they said, we're here for your elephants. And you said, if you want my elephants, you're going to have to kill me first. I will never allow you to take our elephant and you this is this is my life and I will protect them. If they want to prove, take the DNA to check. And if I'm I'm wrong, they can they can hold even they can hold me to be uh hosted me until their duty finish. But you know, Thailand they have only law to protect people. They can hold me more than how many hours. So when they start to do that, if they want to arrest me, they have to fight court paper. But if they want to confiscate elephant, they can do any time. So the only one that to stand against that is me, you know, to, and I have to stay to protect them. And then they, when they don't want to touch, but they very upset because I put camera everywhere and I start to trap camera everywhere. Whatever you do, we have a camera here. We have international watch you. So and, I have to thank you to all volunteers that helped me on that time. And and they back down. Yeah, they back, they back, they back. So your your career is just beginning. We're having this conversation up to the point where you're just getting started. I'm going to break here. I want to thank you so much for tonight. Let's break now and prepare for the second uh, time, which will reschedule for a second time and it's about how you became Lek the icon from becoming Lek now we'll go to part two so thank you so much for tonight thank you David and thank you we'll talk soon
Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please share it with your family and friends who want to join with us to truly make a difference. Remember, think big, start small, but act now. Thank you.